0: Hello and welcome to And Let's Be Heard for Friday, January 7th, 2022. I'm Mike Chopley. Uh, I wanted to bring in someone very special to start this show. Someone very special to do a eulogy for January 6th. This is a eulogy. I know it's a day late, but this is a eulogy for January 6th. I'm bringing in Lynn manuel Miranda. Lynn, take over. Yeah. They broke into the room where it happens, the room where it happens, the room where it happens. The insurrectionists broke into the room where it happens, the room where it happens. They destroyed the room where it happens, the room where it happens, the room where it happens. They broke our souls in the room where it happens, the room where it happens, the room where it happens. They destroyed papers in the room where it happens, the room where it happens, the room where it happens. They jumped on the table in the room where it happens, the room where it happens, the room where it happens. Oh my God, they broke into the room where it happens, the room where it happens, the room where it happens. Thank you, Lynn. Thank you very much. Lynn not sounding his best, probably because it's, this show is being done on an iPhone, so, you know, there's only so much you can do on an iPhone, folks. But yes, 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 that was the eulogy for January 6th, 2020. Twenty-one. The theater of the absurd continues. That's all this is, this is the theater of the absurd. This is the Democrats' theater of the absurd. The insurrection of January 6, 2021, masking the nation for two years, lockdowns, vaccine passports, vaccine mandates, papers to get into a bar, papers to get into McDonald's if you're a child. This is all the Democrats' theater of the absurd. And theater of the absurd it is. You cannot make up what happened today. Sorry, yesterday. You cannot make up what happened yesterday. You can't. If I wanted to write a screenplay, a satirical screenplay, right? Uh, I'm not talking about don't look up. Um, A satirical screenplay... And I had the Speaker of the House bring in a performer, a performer, to do a a uh, a poetic soliloquy to how we all need to be one, how we all need to work together, how we all need to be good Americans and respectful of each other. I mean, how maudlin, how over the top was bringing in The guy who wrote a musical to do this on the anniversary of January 6th, on the anniversary of people acting dumb. Wasn't there a TV show like that, people acting dumb, or people acting like morons, or is it animals acting stupid, something like that, where people were sending these stupid videos. I know there was one about animals, but there was one about people too, right, where they do like jackass kind of things. I mean, that's what we saw on January 6th, 2021, was some jackasses. You know, we probably had 80% of the people who just wanted to march to the Capitol. You know, there have been many marches to the Capitol. There have been hundreds of marches, marches on Washington through the, through the decades. I'm sure most people just figured they'd go there and start screaming outside and chanting and the usual kind of protesting. And then 20% of them decided to break in. 20% decided to break the law. 20% decided to act like morons. That's what it was. It was a day of morons. Not a day of terrorism. Not 9-11 all over again. Not Pearl Harbor, as that moron laughing hyena Kamala Harris said, or 9-11, or World War II, or whatever the hell she's talking about. A bunch of people acting idiot like idiots. But the Democrats need a narrative. The Democrats are all about narrative now. They're not about substance, not about policy, not about helping you or me or blacks or whites or Latinos or gays or straights or lesbians or LBGTQX, whatever, or Latinx. Not about helping people. They're about a narrative. They're about performance. Reminds me of that line in in a film I love, um, North by Northwest, where uh, Cary Grant is mistaken for someone else by James Mason as a, a spy who James Mason needs to kill, wants to kill. And uh, he goes to James Mason's mansion, not knowing what's happening. And, uh, of course, Mason doesn't believe that he's the guy he says he is. He thinks he's a spy and he's lying. And, and they, draw, they, 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 they force liquor down his throat and they try to get him to, you know, drive off the cliff. It doesn't work. He ends up in a, crashing into a police car. The next day he goes back. And everything's been whitewashed. Uh, James Mason's no longer there. And the person who uh, is supposedly the housekeeper comes out and gives a song and dance to the police. Um, about, oh my goodness, we were so worried about you. What happened? You got drunk. We didn't know what to do. So she gives this whole song and dance. Of course, she's totally lying her ass off. <laughs> and Carrie Grant says, in that great Cary Grant fashion, what a performance. Well, that's what this is. This is what a performance. What a performance by Democrats. Everything is performative. So, but but it, it's kind of disgusting beneath because a woman did get shot. By the way, there was no talk about that, Ashley Babbitt. There's no talk of no investigation about how, why one person, I mean, how many people broke in there doing stupid things? And this woman who didn't have any gun on her, didn't have any gun pointed at anybody, was shot dead by a police officer. No investigation whatsoever, no investigation, of course, if she were black, maybe, but she was white, no investigation whatsoever, and this whole thing is is the the, 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 the performative art of this you have to you have to at least appreciate that yes it 's over the top. I'd probably give it a negative review if it were a movie because it 's so over the top and so obvious, you know being hit over the head, but uh, with Pelosi 's gavel. But uh, incredible, just incredible, incredible. And then Pelosi mentions four people that died as though they died because of those people breaking in when I believe at least one of them died like weeks, weeks, weeks and weeks later from something totally different. This is the same thing that the Democrats do that Fauci's done with covid they talked for two years about, about the 800,000, all these t- hundreds of thousands of people dying, but only recently now are they finally admitting, after people like myself have talked about this for nearly two years, that these people died with a positive COVID test, not of COVID. Big difference of dying of something. There's a big difference of dying of cancer as opposed to getting hit by a car and dying and you've had cancer when you got hit by the car. You see, the car crash caused your death, not cancer. And this is what's happened with COVID, not just in this country, but in every country. Literally, people think I'm joking when I say a 99-year-old guy with diabetes, three forms of cancer, gets hit by a car, has a car, ends up with a positive COVID test, and they say he died of COVID. That's what they've done, basically. Yes, that's an extreme example I'm giving, but that's what they've done. Finally now, after two years they're admitting, well, Fauci comes on and goes, well, you know, there's a difference of people dying with COVID and of COVID. Even though we've been saying that for two years and we've been called, we've been called conspiracy theorists, we've been called irrational, we've been called selfish, we've been called uh, mean, that we don't care about people dying. So this is what the Democrats are doing. This is what Pelosi did today, mentioning the, the four deaths. From the insurrection, she says. Which, of course, was a total lie. But this is all the Democrats are doing these days. They're just lying. They are lying. They'll tell any lie possible, twist themselves into any kind of a pretzel formation they need to, to keep their narrative going. This is their narrative. Trump's supporters will take over the nation if you vote for Republicans. Trumpism will come back and take, now they all worried about Trump. That's why Biden went after him today because they obviously – if they were not worried about Trump anymore, if they were not worried about Trump influencing the elections in November in a way that's going to put the Republicans well over the top or also running in 2024, they wouldn't even talk about him anymore. Not as much as they are. They would definitely always keep the narrative of the Trump, the crazy Trump supporters taking over this country, the white supremacists, in quotes, taking over this country. But the reason why they're going to continue hammering Trump, it will become more and more – don't get fooled by Biden, you know, kissing Trump on the ass with the vaccine a couple of weeks ago. is because they are worried about him. They're worried about his influence in November in the prim- in the midterms. And they're worried about him getting revenge in 2024 and beating Biden or Kamala, whoever it may be, and becoming president again. He is absolutely a threat. Look at the polls when they put him up against Biden or Kamala. He's beating both of them now. Of course they're worried about that. Absolutely worried about that. They're worried that Biden got 80 million million votes played basically a week ago, (laughs) and his approval dropped. 81 million votes, and less than a year later, his approval's 38. How does that happen? Well, it has, because he has soft support. So this is crazy. This is this theater of the absurd, this performative theater, whether it's this anniversary of insurrection or mask-wearing, This this performance art, which is really starting to grate on a lot of people. I mean, really, enough is enough. Enough is enough with the virtue signaling, with the squeezing every maudlin drop out of something, every every possible moment out of it. You know, that's the worst thing about uh, movies that. uh, a lot of romantic comedies, a lot of romances and stuff like that. Uh, The way they, you know, they manipulate the audience. I've I've always hated movies that manipulate you. Don't earn. And I'll talk about a movie later that earns every moment. Owns, uh, earns every moment in my review later of a film. With the ending, when you feel like the film has earned its ending, it's earned its final scenes. Well, the Democrats don't, haven't earned anything. They haven't earned these scenes, these over-the-top maudlin scenes. Where they try to pull at our heartstrings. Where they try to manipulate the audience. Incredible. It was just incredible. When you, you think for a moment they can't get any worse... I mean, just to have a, a, an anniversary of this a perf- at all, to talk about it, have, a, have speeches is ridiculous. But to bring a playwright, a musical theater kid into this incredible. I mean, just shameless. But of course, Nancy Pelosi is, is shameless. Look at the state her city's in. Look at the state her city's in. Remember, she's a, she's a, a, a member of Congress, she represents a district. Just like everyone else in Congress. They represent a district. Look at her district that I live in. It's a disaster. It's urban dystopia. It's 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 Detroit of thirty years ago. Not even Detroit now, Detroit of thirty years ago. Very sad. Very sad that people forget she's a member of Congress. And she hasn't – hasn't done her job, hasn't represented her district, hasn't helped her district in ages, in ages, only her own pocketbooks. Of course, if a Republican goes into Congress and they make $300 million while they're in Congress, Democrats go crazy. But when the Democrat does it, when Nancy Pelosi goes into Congress and comes out of it however many decades later, $300 million richer, they go, oh, well, oh, oh. He makes two hundred thousand a year. That adds up to three hundred million, right? Insane, insane. By the way, as a, another person who I like to follow on Twitter, just finishing up this this January sixth, Michigan's at Orf O R F Matt Orphelia. Uh, he wrote: Sicknick died of natural causes the next day. Smith committed suicide a week later. Leibengood committed suicide days later, and Evans was killed months later in an unrelated event. Those are the four people she said died because of January 6th. The four officers who died because of January 6th. Like, of COVID. No, not at all. Total lies. All lies. Now the person who died of January 6th was actually Babbitt, but no one talks about that. No one talks about that. Where's the investigation? Some of the investigation that that shows that she deserved to be killed that day, that she deserved to be shot dead that day. I want the investigation. Where where is it? I want the I want where, where is it? Where are the where's the investigation? Where is it? Once again, we can keep talking about this through a blue in the face. Facts, evidence, investigations with Democrats. No longer never mattered, maybe, but they certainly haven 't mattered the last couple of years. only narrative narrative at all costs. I lied. I have one more thing to say about this Tucker Carlson isn 't fantastic of course he's you know he 's denigrated by the left, who never watches his show or well, they 'll watch a you know a two and a half second clip that Joe Scarborough puts on. Or a three-second clip that uh, Rachel Maddow puts on. But Senator Cruz, Ted Cruz, said yesterday that January 6th was a, v- a violent terrorist attack, which we know it wasn't. We know it wasn't, and Tucker called him on it. And because he called him on it, and because Tucker has a lot of pull and millions and millions of viewers, I believe it's the most viewed show on cable news, he, um, Ted Cruz came on today and did a mea culpa now, Ted Cruz is a liar. I mean, he he said it was a terrorist attack because he wanted that. Someone, one of his staffers or someone brought, must have told him that will get him votes for some strange reason. But, of course, it won't. And uh, he came on today and so Tucker held his feet to the fire. He held his feet to the fire. As Tucker pointed out, you know, Ted Cruz said if someone, you know, k- kills or assaults a cop, they're terrorists. But, of course, they're not. And Tucker called him on that. He said, no, they're. They're a criminal. They are accused of assault and battery or murder. But they're not terrorists. They're not domestic terrorists if you assault a cop. And so I, I have to give a lot of credit to Tucker. I really do. Uh, you know, He doesn't only hold the left accountable. He holds the right accountable. He agrees with Ted Cruz on almost everything. He likes Ted Cruz. He said it today. But at least he has him on when even someone who he appreciates and who agrees with politically says something stupid and wrong. So kudos to Zucker Carlson because what you'll never see you see, lefties, is someone on the left doing this with a lefty, a Democrat. You'll never see that. You'll never see a lefty on MSNBC or CNN have a Democrat on and holding them accountable for something they said that was stupid or wrong. They don't do it. They won't do it. They'll cut people on to praise them if they're Democrats. They will, they will denounce Republicans, and if they can ever get a Republican on, they'll denounce them to their faces as someone like Lawrence O'Donnell's on. But they will never have a Democrat on. They will never have someone they agree with politically on 99% of the time to go after them for seven minutes on something they did that was wrong or stupid. So once again… Tucker Carlson, I I really have a lot more respect. I always had respect for him, but now I have more respect for him. I mean, I've grown to respect Tucker Carlson over the last – well, even before – over the last two years with COVID, of course. But even before that, even before that, i uh, he gave Bernie Sanders a fairer shake than MSNBC and CNN in both 2016 and 2020. He pointed out how the Democratic establishment was was bashing Bernie. that They wasn't giving him a fair shake. That it was all rigged with Hillary and then Biden. He's the only one that talked about it. You wouldn't see that on CNN or MSNBC. So because Tucker gave Bernie a fair shake and pointed out Democratic establishment hypocrisy, I became more of a fan of Tucker Carlson. And that just exploded, obviously, with with COVID uh, over the last couple of years. Okay. Uh... Let's see what else is going on. Oh, Novak Djokovic. Is that his name? Novak Djokovic, right? Yes. So you know that he uh, <clears throat> got a medical exemption for not having the vaccine. He went to crazy Australia. Why anyone would go to Australia now, I don't understand. That's the problem. We shouldn't be giving them any money or publicity. And uh, as Charlie Kirk said, we should cease trade with the Australian government, given the treatment of Djokovic. There are human rights abuses and they must be, must be a cost to it. And he's right. So Djokovic goes there. Got a medical exception for the vaccine. But once he gets there, the nutty Nazi Australian government regime says, no, no, we don't accept that and we're going to deport you. You can't play here. You can't stay here. You must leave. Uh, his lawyers are on it now. He's staying there in some in some Australian uh, uh, concentration camp for unvaccinated. And uh, he's um, in a holding place while they figure this out. I guess the decision will be made on Monday or it's ridiculous, I mean, I, I appreciate what he's doing, but he should just like leave, and all the athletes there should leave I mean you have, you have to have some you know money's not everything, baby, winning in a trophy isn't everything baby okay it 's not everything all right i'm tired of these really selfish, rich millionaire athletes who don't take a stand. Oh, well, they took a stand. So one of them came out and was against him, said he knew the rules. Well, he got the exception. see, in a normal world there are medical exceptions, So, first of all, obviously there should be no vaccine mandates or passports at all but there are medical exceptions for everything there are medical exceptions for going into the military there are medical exceptions for going to fucking Vietnam but there are no medical exceptions for getting a a, uh, a vaccine of course there are so he had the medical exception he made sure he got that before he went over there, but it's still not good enough for those Nazis in Australia how's it worked out there? is COVID gone? I was like, what were they on? Lockdown 38? Lockdown 38? And they say, well, it's working. It's working what? The vaccines don't prevent transmission. So what are you doing? You don't know that yet? That the vaccines don't prevent transmission? So all this stuff is ridiculous? Once again, flying in the face of actual evidence. Actual evidence. They don't care. Now you're reading today. I read today that... Oh, studies have come out that have shown the cloth masks we've been wearing for two years don't really work. Now, what have we been saying for two years? This drives me insane when the media says something as though it's a new revelation that no one's been talking about. Oh, we've just figured out. Now is a new study that says, oh, you know what? Maybe it hasn't. Maybe they haven't worked. What have we been saying for two years? And yet still... Still, even with the mainstream media now saying that there are studies, there's proof that what we've been doing for two years has been theater. It hasn't stopped any transmission. Obviously it hasn't, because look at where we are. And yet still, what are we doing? Democrats are still doing masks. They're doubling and tripling down on masks. Newsom extends the state mandate in California another month. And when that ends, San Francisco and L.A. will still keep them going. It doesn't matter, because Democrats know they cannot backtrack now. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Lynn manuel Miranda can write a song about how masks don't work, put it into a Broadway musical, and they still wouldn't admit it, and they still double and triple down, because they can't admit they were wrong. They can't admit they've ruined you for two years. They can never go back. So when you can't go back, when you're cornered like a rat, and you can't go back, you attack You go on the offense, you double, you triple, you quadruple down, which is what they're doing. That's what they're doing. Because there are no consequences for them to do that. There are no consequences. No one's going to be in the streets with torches and pitchforks. No one's going to protest. They've made protesters. That's why the Democrats want to make protesters domestic terrorists. They don't want protests. They want you to think, oh, crap, look what happened on January 6th. Forget about protesting. No, we can't protest anymore. We can't march anymore. We can't do that. We can't march to the Capitol in Sacramento. We can't march to the U.S. Capitol anymore. There's, there's the uh, barriers now, as though we live in a third-world country, dictatorship, protecting the elites and the privileged. So they can do whatever they want. And believe me, it is in the best interests." Of all politicians, to make protesters feel like they're doing something, making protesters feel like they're criminals, making protesters feel like they're terrorists, including Ted Cruz, in their best interest. And that's what they're doing. That's exactly what they're doing. And what else is happening? Well, I got a couple more minutes because then I'm going to do a review. I'm going to do – oh, I want to end on Eric Swallow. I like to him Eric Swallows. So following in the footsteps of AOC, actually worse because Swallow is in California, right? Where you can go to Southern California, it's nice and warm and there's a lot to do. You got Disneyland and it's 2,500 miles from Florida, not like New York where it's a hop, skip and a jump. He still – this is the guy who goes on social media and says – why well, I, I flew today, and I don't understand why the unvaccinated can fly. We need the unvaccinated to not be able to fly domestically. It's not safe. And yet there he goes on another flight, cross country for six hours to Florida. This is the hip, the hypocrisy. What was this guy a presidential candidate for? Eight and a half seconds. Eight and a half seconds too long. But they bash Florida. They say Ron DeSantis. They say it's COVID-ridden. They say it's the Black Plague State. And there they go to vacation. You know why? Because in New York and California, you can't do anything. And now the NFL is thinking about taking the Super Bowl out of California and putting it in Texas. Because who the fuck wants to come here? Who wants to come here and have to wear a mask and show their papers to do everything? Nobody! Disgusting. These are really the scum of the earth. I never really liked politicians. Even when I ran for office. I didn't like myself for doing it. But this, these Democrats these days, in the 21st century, are the scum of the earth. Eric Swallows. Ugh. Okay, enough of the negative stuff. Enough of all that. We're going to do a film review in the last five minutes, because it's Friday. And everyone, I want to remind everyone, that you need to go out there and get back to the movies. All right, stop streaming at home. You know... Go out there, go back to the movies, because there's nothing like seeing a movie on the big screen. I don't care how big your TV is. There are distractions at home, right? There's lights, you turn them off, the phone rings. You go to the bathroom, you shut it, you pause it. No, you can't do all that. Anyway, so, uh, one of my favorite directors is Paul Thomas Anderson, and he's out with his new film. I want to say Mystic Pizza. I keep on saying Mystic Pizza, and I have to stop doing that. Licorice Pizza. Licorice Pizza, which is absolutely fantastic. So far, it's the best film I've seen. The best film I've seen this year, 2021. Um, The best film of 2021. And I know there's a few more I have to see first before I make my official list of the best films of 2021. But um, absolutely fantastic. It could be his best film. I know everyone out there is thinking, come on, Boogie Nights. Boogie Nights. Boogie Nights is a great movie. But I think people mature as directors. And I think Paul Thomas Anderson has really matured. Um, since his great first film, uh, Hard Eight. This film stars actually uh, Connor uh, Hoffman, um, who is uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman's son. Cooper Hoffman, Connor Hoffman. Cooper Hoffman, which is interesting. Cooper Hoffman is a lead here, and Bradley Cooper is also in it in a small role, actually a very funny role. Um, But uh, yes, so Cooper Hoffman, who's uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman's son, uh, has some resemblance, obviously, um, but he he plays a uh, a fifteen year old going on sixteen who falls in love, love in quotes, with a twenty uh, five year old girl. <clears throat> the way it happens is they're taking photos at his at his school, you know, the annual photos, the yearbook photos, and she's running the whole thing. She works for the company that does that, and they and they meet, and they meet in a very interesting eccentric way. It's not your typical. Uh, you, which, of course, you'd never expect from Paul Thomas Anderson, a typical meat cute um, And Alana Haim plays the girl, and she's fantastic. They're both incredible. The film really relies on both of them. They both have to be great for the film to work, and they are. But as you know, if you look at Paul Thomas Anderson, Punch Drunk Love and Hard Eight and, uh, and all of his films, um, the, the real through-line to them, the heart of them, is basically unconventional love. That's what it comes down to. His films are about unconventional love. The kind of love we don't see every day. You know, the kind of love that might be considered a little taboo, whether it's the, the porn industry of boogie nights, or here where you have a 25-year-old girl and a 15-year-old boy. But when we talk about the sexual element isn't, isn't a big part of this. Sure, he's horny, he's 15. But it's more about really being infatuated with somebody who, in what you'd consider regular, normal, Ordinary society either wouldn't be accepted or, or would, would not work, and there are points in the film where it kind of doesn't work, where they, they break up and they get back together and they're mad at each other and they and they do things to try to annoy each other because uh, just because it, it's, it it takes time and that that's the film's also about also it's about time it takes place in nineteen seventy three in the uh, San Fernando Valley in L A and Encino and the period is done so perfectly the production design is fantastic the costume design is great. Um, and it's really about, more than anything else, the idea that fads come and go. You know, whether it's pinball machines or waterbeds, which play a big part in the film. He's The young man is a big entrepreneur. He's a part-time actor, and he's a par, an entrepreneur. And so he starts a water bed business, then he starts a pinball machine business. And these little fads come and go, and they've come and go through the 70s and through our lives. But the enduring thing is love. It sounds maudlin. The film is not maudlin at all But as with most Paul Thomas Anderson films It's about small moments That may not seem Very important at the time But it's the kind of moments you then 30 years later you, you look back on And you talk to your kids about And your grandkids about So it's very small moments that adds up To just a, a tremendous ending A tremendous ending It's also very funny And those of you who grew up in the 70s and 80s Will appreciate it even more Pete, as Paul Thomas Anderson, is always great. Like with *Boogie Nights*, of doing uh, period pieces, uh, and when it finally comes down to the ending, and I'm not going to give it away, but you can imagine what happens. You believe the film has earned that ending. It hasn't played with our emotions. It has been smart. It has been clever. It's been true. It's been honest. And it really is the best film of the year. Okay, so please go see it. Should be heard and seen. Licorice Pizza. Directed by Paul Thomas Anderson. Hey, this has been Unless Be Heard. I'm Micah Chopley. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next week. Have a great weekend.